Welcome to the I Am Inspiration Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Lovin. It's time to be inspired, be motivated. This is the new podcast for your journey to the new you designed to focus on yourself. Today's topic, we're going to dive straight into the idea of relationship, the 101 of relationships. Special guest Nero Dayalan is going to dive into some of his context as what he's been teaching in recent studies, his own studies, and how to overcome all the different hurdles, the definitions of problems, and the effects of problems in relationships. You name it, it's all here today. Let's listen straight in to Nero Dayalan on the I Am Inspiration Motivation Podcast. G'day, welcome to the I Am Inspiration Motivation Podcast. We've got a special guest, Nero. Tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Hey, thank you, Levin. Um, First of all, thank you for inviting me and... um, also experiencing some of your listeners as well. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, basically, my name is Nero Dallin and I'm an emotional resilience coach and trainer. Um, what that basically means is that in simple terms, without all of the fancy bells and whistles, is that I help people get unstuck um, in very short terms. Right, right. Awesome. So, all right. So talk about your journey, like yourself personally, from where you were to where you are today. How did, how did, how did it all happen? How did that unfold? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, um, I've being the first generation Aussie, um, we've had some challenges when we migrated here from Australia. Um, my parents came from a wartime country. Um, and even though my parents left the war, the war never left my parents. Uh, domestic violence was the way that, um, you know, they showed love to each other. Um, having to go through a lot of that um, as a child from the age of, from three till about 10, um, you create a certain belief structure in your head. And we all do, right? Uh, we all create a certain belief structure as Uh, throughout our lives and during that time um, when your environment is not safe you create a belief structure called the world is not safe and when you have this feeling that the world's not safe but you live in the world you're always tensed you're always anxious So going through life, I was always looking for things um, that will help me find a bit of clarity, a bit of safety, a bit of certainty in a unsafe world. In my younger days, it took me down the path of gangs, drugs, um, foolish mistakes. um, And that spiral of making those mistakes, going down the path of drugs, alcohol, smoking. Um, and it took me down a spiral that probably took me probably about 15 years to get out of. What helped me get out of it is actually learning about personal development, learning about spirituality, learning about mindset, 
So I never set out to become a coach. I never in my wildest dreams did I ever want to be a coach. But something had to change for me, right? Um, one thing to, led to another. Like I basically did every personal development program out there. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did everything personal development. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I want to do something different. I want to do something that's going to hit home. And what hit home for me was doing co courses on coaching, psychology, human behavior, right? I was... It was kind of like I took my addictive behavior from drugs and alcohol and, you know, various forms of other behaviors, right? And I kind of switched it into investing in myself. And this journey then kind of led me from a place of suffering, place of suffering, like, you know, I, I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, being dyslexic and ADD. So I had a cocktail of stuff. Can I swear here? Oh, yeah, I was. I had a cocktail of upness, right? Diagnosed to me, right? And the thing about diagnosis is, they'll tell you what's wrong with you, right? But they won't really tell you how to get out of it, right? And often, when they tell you what's wrong with you. It's then like a, a dose of drugs that is supposed to fix us, right? Whether if it's Ritalin, whether if it's antidepressants, whatever it is, they will give you a system of things that will help you get out of it or supposed to, but they don't really tell you how to evolve out of it, right? Um, and what I found with these medications, they were really much numbing me, making me a bit docile, making me a different person. Right. Not in a good way, just a numb, disconnected person. So I went through that phase and something had to change for me. Um, something big had to change. And that's when I started doing personal development work, learning about human behavior, psychology, mindset, spirituality, relationships, all of those things is something that I was, that got me out of the stuckness. One of the things I've just truly admired about yourself is all the work you've been doing to benefit others, how much you've helped others. Uh, I've seen a few testimonies, just life-changing situations. So hats off to, to you and, and the work that you've been doing, clearly impacting a lot of souls out there. For, I just wanted to, to, to get a bit of an understanding in the last year, you started a, a seminar on relationships. Um, how did how did that go in a nutshell, and and what was that to you? Like, what was the learning aspects for you personally? Yeah, um, if I can just take a, a step back of why I did it, um, you know, I'm I'm not a relationship expert. I mean, I've studied relationships a lot because it was so important. But I'm by far no, no, no way of a relationship expert. But the reason why I um, started working on relationships and work, doing workshops in relationships is that relationships is one of the biggest reasons why people fall into a spiral, why we fall into a sense of stuckness or lostness. Okay. You know, in relationships, considering that we are a pack species, 
relationship is probably the most important areas or area in our life, right? See, when a relationship is working, right? So much joy, so much fulfillment, so much bliss, so much creativity. But when a relationship is not working, so much darkness, so much pain, so much depression, so much anxiety, right? Um, as I told you, uh, with my personal story, you know, because of my parents' relationship, it took me down a path that took me over more than half my life to get out of. So in reflecting of it, I'm starting to see how important relationship is, right? And the second part of it is that there is absolutely no education done on this. You know, um, you and I were talking off screen before, right? And we were talking about, you know, there are there is education, right, that is served at school, which most of us don't even use anymore. Like, I don't know when was the last time I used trigonometry, right? I don't know. I still don't understand algebra, right? So, like... We learned all these stuff and all this stuff is probably taking a real estate in your, in, in our brain, but how much work do we do in the areas of relationship? Right? So what I wanted to do is actually create a platform where we can actually teach about the one thing that really matters to every single one of us. And when I'm talking about relationship, I'm not just talking about romantic relationship. I'm talking about, you know, friendships, right? I'm talking about relationship with self, which is by far the most important relationship. Right. Uh, I'm talking about parenting. Um, all forms of relationships is is what we're talking about here. So I wanted to create a platform where relationships matter and we actually start learning about what a relationship is. What's the purpose of a relationship? Um, what stands in the way of us actually being open? What is intimacy? What is love? So all of these things we've kind of had to figure out. But I want to create a platform of um, you know, it's talking about relationships. So that's one of the reasons why I did it. What, um, to answer, come back to your question, I think you asked me, uh, sorry, I take to sidetrack, uh, in, in, uh, we're talking about passionate, passionate things. Um, you asked me about what were the learnings I got out of it. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the biggest learnings, um, was, I don't know if it was learning, but probably more validation, right? Um, and the validation that I got out of it was the amount of pain, amount of, you know, I've had people there going through depression, anxiety, all right, um, crippling anxiety caused by relationships. So what validated for me was the need of education in this area. That was probably my biggest takeaway right um reflecting on my own life before learning about relationships learning about human behavior i've i had a very dysfunctional relationships like all my relationships were dysfunctional after learning more about this right i'm starting to have more functional more expansion type of relationships right so I think that was my biggest learn, my, my biggest takeaway is 
that yeah, they're, they're what their education in this area is really important. Now, if you think about it, what is a problem, right? Now, if I was to ask you to define the meaning of the word problem, what does that mean? Question to me. Yeah, question to you. <laughs> so every day I actually get questions back at me. This is interesting. Um, the definition of a problem. I think a problem, this is, this is all my opinion now. I think a problem is defined by what you make of a situation. Wow. And I think that's probably the best answer I've ever got. Right. How, um, how I like to simplify the, and this breaks down whatever problem you, you or your listeners are going through right now. I want you to tune in to this part here, right? A problem whether if it's financial problems, relationship problems, health problems, parenting problems, whatever it is, a problem is something that you don't understand yet. Right? Tell me more. A problem is something that you don't understand yet, which means if you're having a relationship problem, there's something about your partner. There's something about the relationship that you don't quite understand. Or there's something that you're doing in the relationship or to your partner that you don't quite understand. Doesn't mean that you're wrong necessarily. It just means that there is something happening that you don't understand. Right? So what most of us do is either we suppress the problem or react to the problem, right? Or try to fix the problem without understanding it. Right? So where the relationship work comes into play, it allows us to actually just understand what the problem is. Right? I mean, this is with all educational work, right? Is we look at the problem and we're like, we try to understand what this problem is. Right? And through education, we can better understand, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is my expectation behind a relationship, right? Um, this is kind of like what's causing it. So it's through learning about relationships, we get to understand the problem. And once we understand the problem, we can then find a solution. You know, Einstein talks about this a lot, right? And he basically says, it's best to sit with the problem first, right? before trying to fix it. We do need to find a solution, but we need to sit with the problem first, understand the problem, then find the solution for it. Now, he didn't say it the way that I said it, but I'm kind of paraphrasing, paraphrasing here. Right? So um, a problem is something that we don't understand yet. And so once we experience a problem, it's our responsibility, every single one of our responsibility to find the understanding of the problem first, so understand the problem, right then find solution now you mentioned responsibility i think that's a, it's an important word there when you say responsibility that's taking ownership other than ownership education are there any other hurdles other than those main aspects i mean are there, are there is there anything that prevents people from changing or accepting responsibility 
Um, let me see if I've got the if I've got the question clear in my head. Um, so, is there anything stopping people from changing? Yeah. Right. Um, so, or, or taking responsibility. So, changing or taking responsibility. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's two different answers, right? So, change can only be done by the individual. So, I can't change you. I can give you tools. I can give you knowledge. I can give you wisdom. But I can't help you make that change. Right? I mean, sorry. I can't make the change for you. I can help you, but I can't make the change for you. So what stops people from changing, what I find, and this is not in, I'm not going to say this is in every case, but this is in most cases where I actually see is that people are too busy playing the blame game. Yeah. Right. And I totally 100% get it. You know, my dad left us when we were, when I was eight. Right. And it was very dysfunctional up to eight. And then after eight it was also dysfunctional. For a very long time, I wanted my dad to come back in my life and take ownership for the things that he did, which then caused the ripple effect of all the shit things that happened in my life. Right. I'm still waiting for that day. Right, but it 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 has never come, and it probably never will come. And even if he does come back and take responsibility, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change me, right? Or it's not going to change the past that that has happened. See, a lot of us are waiting for people that have to, that have hurt us to come back and take responsibility for it, so we can heal. It doesn't work that way. Mm. Right. That's it, pretty much the opposite of self-responsibility. Or self-respect. Mm. Right? Self-responsibility, self-respect, right? Ownership, all like, you know, all, these are all fancy words that means the same thing. Mm. Right? So as long as you are blaming someone or something, fault finding. Right? And it could be your older version of yourself, it could be your past. Right? It could be the lack of understanding could be your IQ, right? Could be any of those things. As long as you're blaming something or someone, you won't be able to change. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. There's a, there's a crazy quote that keeps coming in my head. I have to share it. Mm. Have you seen Rocky? Yeah. Which one? Balboa. But all, all of them. I've seen all of them, but go, go for it. <laughs> Rocky Balboa. He's talking to his son. Yes. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You yeah, but please, right, please. Right, right now, we're going to pause. We're going to listen to that listen to that one little motivational speech. It's absolutely fantastic. You going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, "This kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew." And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. 
Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And um, I'm going to piggyback something off that, which landed for yeah. me, right? What happened to you may not be your fault, right? What happened to you, whether if you lost your job, your parents left, you know, your partner broke up with you, may not be your fault. But it is our individual responsibility to do something about it. Someone else may have caused the pain, right? But now the pain is inside of us. The pain's inside of us. It's in our hearts, it's in our mind, it's in our organs, wherever you wanna place it. It's now inside of us. It is now our responsibility to heal and evolve past that pain. Because no one's coming back to to do that for us and even if they do come back they won't be able to change the pain not without a time machine in any way <laughs> well said well said thank you what are the tips you have for listeners out there uh when it comes to relationships what are, what are tips doesn't have necessarily have to be in a, in a marriage sense could be a friendship situation uh could be family situation what tips do you have for listeners out there when it comes to relationship look i think this this one is the biggest one right um tony robbins talks about this as well but this this one is probably by far the biggest one um we've got to understand what a relationship is what it does to us and and most people we don't take time to reflect on what a relationship is Right. We, we don't take time for these three questions. Right. What is a relationship? What is love? What is intimacy? Okay. And so again, what is relationship? What is love? What is intimacy? And before we actually start any forms of relationship, I think it's so crucial that we understand the definitions of all this, right? We are all looking forward to getting into a relationship or getting out of a relationship in order to get into new relationships. Like, you know what I mean? Everything is relationships. It's the most area, of, most important area of our life, but most of us don't understand what a relationship is. We think it's like something that we need to achieve, something that we need to do in order to fit into society, something that we need to do in order to not be lonely. That's a big one for most people, right? No one wants to die alone, so let's just find someone, right? Uh, you know, all my friends are getting married and like, you know, and, and going on double dates and I'm always left out, right? <laughs> most people get into a relationship for that reason. So I think now it's actually to understand what a relationship is. And 
and um, Tony, and he obviously got it from someone else, but I heard it from Tony Robbins. Um, a relationship is something that expands the human experience, right? A relationship is something that expands the human experience. So let's decode that for a second. The human experience is something that the individual experiences in the privacy of their own head. Okay. What a relationship will do will magnify that. So in the privacy of my own head, if I'm love, if I'm experiencing love, if I'm experiencing fun, joy, compassion, empathy, right? Fulfillment then what a relationship is going to do is magnify all of those emotions, magnify all of those behaviors, right? So, likewise, if my personal human experience is anxiety, loneliness, resentment, anger, hate, judgment, then a relationship is going to magnify those emotions. Right. And it might not happen within the first three months of the honeymoon. Right. But it will end up happening there. Okay. So a relationship is what magnifies the human experience. And so again, coming back to the educational piece, if I knew this before getting into a relationship at the age of like my first relationship happened when I was 13, right. <laughs> Wouldn't call that a relationship. Like we barely like, you know, I think holding hands is the furthest we've got to, right. <laughs> But, um, then, you know, if I, if I understood this, then I'll actually ask myself the question, what is my human experience? Right. Am I just lonely? And if, you know, if you're lonely, then a relationship will only make you lonelier. And studies have proven this studies have shown that over 64% of Australians, right. Experience loneliness on a weekly basis. And majority of them are in a marriage or de facto relationship. Right? Yeah. So a relationship is not going to end your loneliness. In, in fact, unless you actually address your loneliness issues first, a relationship is only going to magnify it. Right? So sounds like a lot of people get into relationships for the absolute wrong reason. A lot of people make friends for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And so in the relationship program that we just, we just finished, uh, last week, um, in, in, in this relationship, uh, program, what we did was actually dive down into your deep seated relationship values. So the thing about values is that and most of the people that do work on values, they just get a core values, your core values, right? It's kind of unique. Like you got to understand what your relationship values are versus your career values versus your financial values versus your spiritual values. So we all have a set of values in all areas of our life, right? What we do mostly is that we have a successful career. So we take our career values and put it into our relationship, right? So let's say your number one career value is, 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 is achievement, right? You take that achievement value and you put that into your relationships and then 
your relationship is now going to be a business transaction, right? So, um, so yeah, so basically, um, you, you understand value sets, which then help you understand also what you're looking for in a relationship, right? Whether it be friendship, you know, family, a romantic, um, you know, what you're looking for in a relationship. And that also allows you to see, am I living, is my human experience equal to my relationship values? Does that make sense? So it's a very internal thing. Personal. Yeah. Internal thing. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, relationship is such a big topic. Pretty much every problem that we have is a relationship problem. So one of the common questions I'm going, Hey, Nero, well, what about finances? I've always had financial problems. How is that a relationship problem? Right. And he goes, well, the answer that question is probably your relationship with money, right? Your relationship with how you see money, how you spend money, how you save money right um everything is a relationship issue every problem is a relationship problem right health problem well it's your relationship with your body right um career problem right it could, could be a relationship with your boss or it could be a, re a relationship issue with what your your work it could be any of those things uh, it's such a big topic and honestly i just did a relationship program and I don't think I even like, you know, we got really deep, got so deep, but I still don't think we scratched the surface. Like it's such a big thing because it impacts all areas of our life. Yeah. Right. And there's various different types of relationships as well. Yeah. When do you know, this must be a bit of a far fetched question. Mm. When do you actually know? For those who are in a relationship, whatever style of relationship it is, the general aspect of knowing when it's toxic, when it needs to stop. When when do you when do you think that what kind of warning signs do people need to to find in order to to identify this? Look, um, and I I I, I it's one of my dreaded questions, right? Because when people ask me that question, obviously not yourself, but when someone calls me up and asks me that question, it's like they're looking for a validation to get out of a relationship, right? The, tr the, the answer is, you know, True. you know, right? If a relationship is toxic, you know, you need to get out, right? You don't, you don't need to compare it with everyone else. You don't need to come, oh, well, you know, um, my sister's not like that. My brother's not like that. They have a different kind of relationship. People on Instagram don't have that relationship, right? The thing is that don't compare it with everyone else when you actually look internally, do you? So five minutes ago, I said there was three important questions you need to answer before, like you really need to know, right? What is relationship? What is love? what is um, intimacy. 
So I'm going to answer question number two, what is love? Um, and that will also answer, are you in a toxic relationship? Right. And love. And this is Dalai Lama's quote, which like, you know, I looked at various different, various different definition. And this one just slapped me straight in the face. Right. Um, love is acceptance without judgment. Right. That's powerful. Yeah. In my program, when we were talking about love, what I was saying is that what we were covering rather is that a lot of us think that love is an emotion, this feeling that we get inside. You know, if you watch any Bollywood movies or, you know, Hollywood movies, you know, when you're in love, when the music starts playing, when time slows down, when there's flowers pouring from the roof, right? That's when you know this love. Well, that's, that's when you experience. So that gives us the illusion that we know that we're in love when we have this feeling. Right. It's this sparkling feeling that comes from our chest or wherever other places. Right. And that's what we think love is. What if love wasn't an emotion? Right. Let's let this land if you can. What if love was an emotion? What if love was a behavior? Love is a behavior that then creates a series of emotions. At times it may not. Right? Love is a behavior. And the behavior could be acceptance without that sense of judgment. Accepting for your partner for who she is. You know, Simon Sinek talks about this. He's one of my favorite guys. Simon Sinek talks about this. And he, he was actually in, a, in another podcast. And what he was saying is that, like, you didn't overnight fall in love with someone. Right? You didn't overnight. Like, what, what actually happened in the, in the back of your head is that this person would have done little things over a period of time that showed you something that made you fall in love with them. So it was the behavior, right? It was the behavior that they were doing that made you fall in love with them. Right? So if you were thinking about your partner, for example, there would have been a series of behaviors that she did once upon a time in order for you to fall in love and stay in love with that. And I can bet you it wasn't judgment or resentment or hate or criticism. What if love was a behavior rather than an emotion? And if we actually start looking at that love is a behavior, you will then be able to identify, is this a toxic relationship? And I think like, you know, th there's always behaviors that we don't like about our partner, right? That like, you know, and our partners don't like about ourselves, but in the whole scheme of things, can you accept it? Is this something that is this behavior something that you can accept? Or are you trying to change that person? Right? And if it's not something that you can accept, and if it's something that you're trying to change, it then becomes toxic. Yeah. Say you and I are in a relationship, right? And say that, you know, you know, um, we're in a violent relationship, 
right? A domestic violence relationship. Now, is that something I can accept about you? Is that something that you can accept about me? Right? And if the answer is no, then why are you staying in it? And if you're staying in it with the hope that it will change, right? So you're not accepting and you're trying to change it. So basically you're trying to get them to be in, be someone they're not. That automatically falls into that toxic relationship. There's no sense of acceptance. So if we were in a toxic relationship, a violent relationship, I will either need to accept that, yep, I'm in a violent relationship, which I suggest no one does, by the way, just in, in case that's what you're thinking. <laughs> if you're in a violent relationship straight away, toxic, get the hell out. Do not try to accept it. Do not try to change it. Just get out. Right. So if you're in a, so you either have to accept it or you either need to like either need to accept it and leave. Right. Accept. Okay, cool. This is a violent relationship. So now I need to accept it and leave. That leaving is a behavior of love. Trying to be in a relationship and hoping that they're going to be different. That's trying to change them. That turns into toxic. I hope that answers your question. No, it's hit the nail on the head. It, it also comes down to, and obviously your opinion on this, it's that self-esteem aspect as well. I can, I can, I can picture a lot of guys and girls out there that stay, that choose to stay, regardless, toxic, violent, and the whole lot. Like they stay, and a lot of people struggle to understand why, but I'm sure they're there sitting there justifying everything. And here they are. You know, if there's someone out there listening, what would you say to someone that's going through this scenario you just mentioned? I can't really tune into anyone's relationship and just give them a blanket statement. The only blanket statement that I can give is that as a child of domestic violence, the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your children is get the f out. That's, that's the only thing I can say, right? And I'm talking about my, my personal experience and close to 10 years of this work here. Staying is not going to help. It doesn't mean the relationship needs to be over. You leaving, might be the thing that the other person needs in order to change their behavior. It could be, I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but it could be. If it is going back two, three months later, isn't really going to, that's not giving them enough time to change. <laughs> right? It hasn't given them enough time to, you know, evolve their thinking, evolve their hard, hard space. When you leave, You've got to give them time to actually evolve. And how long is that time? Anywhere between 12 to 18 months. So if we're talking violence, it's one thing. How about those in relationships where commitment is an issue? It's a big topic. I mean, that's a, probably a huge topic itself, just on the commitment aspect within a relationship. Why do you think people struggle to commit? Oh, look because there's always glasses green on the other side. Like, you know, the amount of men and women that I have worked with who are too afraid to commit to the person that they're with just 
in case of a possibility of someone better coming along. That someone better will be coming along later. <laughs> right? And right now we are like with the amount of pressure, like humanity lives in a stage of stress in today's world, probably by far the, the worst it's ever been. Right. Um, so with all the stuff that is happening right now around us, right, we're in significant amount of stress and in the most important area of our life, we don't want to get it wrong. Okay. And again, this comes back to education. Know your freaking values, know what you want, right? Know the life that you want to create. See, in relationship, there's two parts. There's the chemistry aspect, and then there's the partnership aspect. It's a companionship and partnership. A lot of us, we focus on the chemistry, companionship aspect, right? And what I mean by that is that, is there chemistry between us? Is there sparks? Is there emotions flying? And very few of us actually pay attention into the partnership aspect. Right. So to give you a bit of a clarity on this, chemistry is how you feel, right? The amazing sex, the connection, etc., which is super important in a, in, in a relationship. The next part is a partnership, the functionality of a relationship lasting on a relationship continuing, right? Do we have the same values? Are we going down the same path? Right. So sometimes we have high chemistry and low partnership. This is what we call a dysfunctional relationship. High chemistry, low partnership, right? In other times, the partnership is high, but the chemistry is low, right? That's a boring relationship, right? Like we are highly functional, but there's no sparks, right? In a, in a functional relationship, you will see chemistry and partnership do a seesaw. Sometimes partnership is higher, sometimes chemistry is higher, right? However, both exist. What I'm seeing mostly now, a lot of us are just chasing the chemistry and not paying attention to the partnership, which then creates a, maybe I can find someone better, right? Maybe I can, um, um, you know, go further on that, but like, you know, find someone better, grass is greener, all of those things. That's one of the reasons why we fail to commit. The second reason, and you hit the nail on the head, self-esteem, right? And I'm hoping I can take a couple of minutes and talk about what self-esteem is. Yeah. Self-esteem is what gives us a sense of importance, right? Often in the eyes of others, right? So I'll say that again. Self-esteem is what we think that gives us a sense of importance in the eyes of others. Okay. So some examples. So basically it's self-esteem is what we measure ourselves up on how we fit in society how we fit compared to the outside world. Okay, so I'll, I'll just give you some examples of what most people have in their self-esteem, right? 
money is a big one, right? Money is a huge one. Like as in having money gives us a sense of importance. Being right gives us a sense of importance, right? Status, power, as in living in a certain suburb, having a certain job, having a certain qualification, whatever makes people feel powerful, right? Um, that, that's a sense of importance. Relationship status. People stay in a dysfunctional and a commitment-less relationship just so they don't want the status of being single, right? And that's a self-esteem uh, problem is because in their mind, they think that being single is worse than being in a relationship, even if the relationship is not fulfilling. You know, what will my neighbors say? What will my parents say? What will the community say? Right? Uh, that was a big one, especially in Brown community and probably in, also in many other communities, right? I'd rather stay with something that doesn't work rather than, um, you know, be single. Right. So that is, is, is a big part of it and the need to be liked. Right. So these, and there's, there's many others, but these are the main ones, right? This is what creates our self-esteem. This is how we measure ourselves compared, compared to the outside. Well, every single one of us do that for those of us that say, Hey, you know what? Fuck the outside world. This is what's important. No, 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 no. We all do this. But sometimes we don't catch ourselves when we do this. Yeah. And because we don't catch ourselves uh, not doing this, it shows up in, especially in the places that are most important to us. In our career, in our relationships, in our parenting, all of those things. It shows up in those areas. Right. So you hit the nail on the head on what, like, you know, um, the self-esteem aspect of it and why people stay in just like, you know, toxic or um, commitment-less relationships, right, um, is for those two reasons. Mm. And you've hit the nail on the head on why people fail to act. <laughs> Throughout your journey as a coach, tell me a story of someone who's come out of the other end um, and come out as a changed person through their own life experiences by making the necessary decisions, the changes in a relationship? Oh, look, uh, I think, I think just go to any one of my social medias and you, you'll, you'll probably find a crap load of, uh, examples, but there's a couple that come to mind. Um, one of them was, uh, oh, hmm. There's a lot of stories that I can't tell, right. But I'll tell a story of someone that's post that they've told their story online. Right. Um, this man came to me, beautiful, beautiful Australian man, um, over in the WA and he came to me, he, he was on the outside, a very positive man. Right. Um, he will talk about positivity. He will talk about spirituality. He will talk about all of these things, but on the internal world, he wasn't, it, there was a disconnect. It wasn't matching, right? Um, there was a misalignment. Um, and so when we were having a conversation, um, he told me that, uh, well, he's got a successful business, you know, on paper, his life is perfect. 
And I, and I work with a lot of people who on paper, their life is perfect, but internally they feel empty and lonely and dead inside. So he's telling me we started the work and after a couple of months, he told me about a story that happened to him. His daughter was sexually abused by his best mate and it was going on for multiple, for a long time. Now, for those, those listeners that, that have children, you know that this is your worst nightmare. You know that this is your worst nightmare. And this was still unresolved inside of him. And it was showing up almost in every aspect of his life. Right? It's only when he started doing the work, you know, healing himself, forgiving himself, which is a huge one. Right? Now he's got this amazing relationship with his own daughter, with his daughter. Right? He's found his life purpose and he's like kicking ass on that field. He got rid of all the people in his life that do not serve him. He's found power in his voice. See, a lot of us, when there has been unprocessed emotions, unprocessed trauma, we feel like our voice has no value. Right? Our voice like has absolutely no value. It feels like every time we go set a boundary, we are overwhelmed with feelings of fear and guilt, right? When we, when we try to actually tell people what we want, tell people know that this is not where we want to go. And this is one of the biggest causes of why people feel stuck, lost, confused, right? Why people go into that spiral aspect is because they don't feel like their voice has value, right? or they're very reactive when their voice actually sends out, right? Their, their emotions and behaviors are so intertwined that every time they try to take action to fix something or to change something, they do it from a place of emotional reaction rather than a, you know, a clear state, they react. Right. And when we are reacting, the outcome is always dangerous. When we, when we try and do a conflict resolution from a place of emotional reaction, from a place of anger or resentment, you know, the outcome is going to be pretty bad. Now, now we've got now two problems, whereas before we only had one. (laughs) So, so, so basically on paper, he was absolutely amazing, but now is amazing relationship like he he had a decent relationship with his partner to begin with that relationship just went significantly deeper right uh beautiful relationship with his daughter and his sons he's now living his life purpose which is so far different to what it was before yeah yeah pretty much every aspect of his life transformed when he was able to heal his own darkness I'm interested to understand uh, more in depth your involvement in that process, how, how you impacted the change. Yeah, so I worked with him for about maybe six months, right? right? Um, and 
my so i facilitated the journey so okay so i am not a therapist and i don't like being called that because what we do is very different i mean therapists are amazing people um i see them as healers right absolutely amazing people they're you know some people therapy works well what i do i facilitate a training program I train people on emotional resilience. I train people on mental toughness. I train people on spiritual awakening. So with therapy, something goes wrong, go to therapy. Next thing goes wrong, goes to therapy. What we do here is really provide a platform on training on how to actually regulate emotions, how to set boundaries, how to self-respect, self-regulate, right? How to go through the journey of actually finding your own voice, finding your purpose, right? Finding your passions and how to execute it. So we're actually giving you the power to do that. Right? Rather than just talking about it, it's we're taking a deep dive in and evolving it. This is what we do here is about evolution of mind, spirit and heart. Right? right? So my part of that was really about facilitating being like I was literally walking the journey with him and that's what a good coach does that's what a good trainer does sounds like you're empowering it's it's not so much motivation empowering though right it's basically letting the person know that you're not doing this by yourself okay right it's you you are walking a path that is proven that works and you're doing it with your coach right so one of the things that i have is a pt i've been training pretty much my entire life right but the thing is that i know a lot about training but when i'm doing it by myself i just feel like you know I'm taking the piss out of it. Right? But by having a trainer, first of all, I don't have to think as much. Right? I don't have to do anything. I don't have to monitor as much. Right? It's like I'm going up, I'm showing, I'm doing the work, but the strategy on how to get from A point A to point B is taking care of taking care for me. I just have to show up and do the work. That's basically what this is about. So your focus on that analogy is 100% focus, um, if not more, considering that there's a whole weight lifted off your shoulders when you've got that person hand in hand, walking with you, making it happen, and your job is to just make it happen. Show up, show up, take accountability, like what we spoke about earlier, right? Like as in take responsibility for life is where it is right because it doesn't matter whose fault it is life is where it is and now the pain is inside me i now need to fix it so by showing up doing the work right um and everyone's journey is different everyone's journey is different but you don't have to recreate the wheel every single time someone goes on a journey <laughs> you know there, there have been other people that like me have gone through depression anxiety ptsd 
I don't have to recreate the will every single time someone goes through a peak, like, you know, goes through those symptoms. And plus, there's probably been millions of people before me that have got themselves out of anxiety, depression, PTSD. And there'll be millions of people after me that will get themselves out. Exactly. Right? And it will be slightly different for everyone else, but it's not like recreating the wheel. However, when you are stuck, lost, confused, when you feel like your voice has no value, right? You think that you're the only person in this world to have this problem. Now I have a, I have a program called the warrior program, right? This is like a total badass. We go deep in, right. evolve everything into four months, every single day program, right? Oh, that okay. people do that. I mean, of course they don't, they don't come with me for four months. They still live yeah. their life, but it's yeah. a full, I, I call this a, a, it's, it's a badass program. It changes, okay. evolves everything. Right. And so on my first day on the warrior program, I tell all my clients and like, you know, my students are sitting there in front of me, you know, ready to learn, ready to really, you know, make something out of their life. And I look them straight in the eye and I say, you're not that fucking important. That's the first thing I say to them. You're not that fucking important. And if we understand that, we understand everything. And my graduates, <laughs> like, you know, people that have done the warrior program three years ago, they come to me now and because every time I have a problem, your voice is in my head telling me that I'm not that fucking important, right? The purpose behind this, and I do this very differently in the program, is to see this belief because when we have problems, we think that we are so important that we are the only people in this world to have these problems. Right? Now, please understand every single one of you and everyone listening, you are unique, you are special, you are gifted. But your problems are not that important. That you, you feel that we are the only ones experiencing that in the world and nobody else on this planet is experienced it or ever experienced it. People have experienced what you're experiencing right now and people have evolved past it. It is possible. 100% possible. But you've got to take ownership. You've got to show up. You've got to be ready that, hey, from where you are right now, depending on wherever you are, where you, where you are right now, where you want to go, there's going to be a little bit of work, a little bit of effort. I'm not going to lie to you. In some cases, a lot of effort, a lot of work, right? But it is possible. So with this saying, hey, you're not that fucking important. All it's, all it's saying is that your problems that you're giving so much importance to is not that important. Your gifts, your purpose, your path, your love, that is what we need to give importance to, not the pain and the struggle and, oh, woe is me and the blame and the fault game, right? And that's what we find ourselves giving attention to, right? And so I don't know how we led here, but we led here. <laughs> but yes, so uh, I can't even remember the question that you asked me before that. <laughs> All I can say is that it makes complete sense. I mean, 
problems can arise from any situation, relationship, you name it. And the way you just you just sort of nail that is that it, it is a hundred percent correct. I mean, if we start, if only we actually simplified what we define as problems to this to this way. I mean, you asked me the question, you know, define the word problem, define what a problem is. And you've just, in summary, I know we've focused on relationship, but we've actually sort of clearly, we just cleaned, cleaned the, the, um, the answer. What is a problem? I think we can call this podcast, not just relationships, but the definition of problem. Look, you're, you're, you're truly inspiring. You're truly motivating from just, just, just hearing you today. It's, It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast to, for you to share your knowledge, your understanding. Uh, I think I, I can cut myself blessed personally as well to even know you and and hear just just how you deconstruct things that sometimes, as you mentioned yourself, you know what we consider as a problem. Uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask the question I lost. I ask a lot of my guests that come on the podcast. Who has inspired you the most in your life personally? If it's not a person. What has inspired you the most in your life personally to get to where you are today? Um, so I'm going to, there's, there's not one person, there's a series of people. And, and um, I, th- I think I'll work from the first, the, I'll leave the best to last, right? Um, during my dark stages, I think it was Tony Robbins, right? Um, he showed me that this sort of work actually existed right that um he showed me the possibility of this type of work um this led me to another man called rob whitewood who was my you know my teacher my guru you know he was an amazing man um he was voted like number one in in australia for um nlp and hypnosis which which is who i learned from he passed away a couple of years ago um and i think he was probably a big turning point for me um but the biggest inspiration the biggest everything is probably my mother um and i think a lot of people will say that but my mother um is one hell of an extraordinary woman um she didn't have any education she didn't even know how to make money uh she can move to a country with you know um two sons and uh, the amount of extraordinary strength, resilience, emotional badass right, um, that she is, that was able to defy all odds, all odds, everything was against her, right? Um, and to be able to do that and really kick ass and raise two sons who are doing, I would like to think pretty well, uh, um, you know, not, um, and so, I think it would be my mother, right? That's been that pivot, pivot point. Yeah. Well said, well said. How do anyone listening out there, how do they get in, how do they connect with you? Yeah. So you can go, so, uh, I'm Nero Dowlin. Um, my, the, the, what I trade under is unconventional, um, uncom, uh, unconventional spelt with a k not with a c right um so 
you can go check me out at b.unconventional on uh, social media um, or you can Google Nero Dayalan, uh, D-A-Y-A-L-A-N, um, or go to unconventional.com um, and uh, connect with me straight from there. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Really appreciate your time and taking time out. Um, it's definitely been a learning experience and um, wishing you all the best on your journey as we move forward from here. Thank you so much for having me. Like it's been an absolute honor um, being here. Thank you. Thank you. Any advice provided on today's episode is general advice only and may not apply to you specifically. We do deal with some distressing content on today's episode. I do stress if you are a victim of domestic violence, do make sure you familiarize yourself with the local crisis centers in your state, territory or country. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the I Am Inspiration Motivation Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lovin, and you've just heard the podcast on relationships. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and rate this podcast on whatever platform you're on. The Inspiration Motivation Podcast stays alive because of you listeners. Thanks for listening if you've got this far. Thanks for all the shares you guys have done. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, do make sure you talk about it with your family and friends. And that's a wrap for today. Stay tuned for bonus episodes and further episodes on the I Am Inspiration Motivation Podcast. Really appreciate your support. Rest in peace, CMX. That's a wrap. I'm Lovin'. Thanks for listening.